Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Oh. Come on. It's going great, man. Oh, it's going great. Merry Christmas. Hey, it is. It is. (laughs) It is a Merry Christmas. (sighs) How are you on the whole uh, telling people happy holidays uh, controversy? Do you teach the controversy? Uh, I don't know. I have to be honest. I, I just don't want to offend anybody. Yeah, and, and the truth is, like, you can offend somebody either way. Well, that's true. Well, I mean, if you're saying that to somebody to be, like, a nice person, I think you have to be a little bit contextual about it. Context, context is important. You look at your context clues is what I'm saying. Yeah. Context and, clues. Well, I, I don't know how else to do it. I mean, I, I, I feel like there's no really good answer right now. I think context clues is a good answer. Yeah. That would be a good public television show for children. Context clues. Context clues. Just teach kids how to read the room. You know what I'm saying? Here's here's a situation. What do you think about this situation, kids? Oh, okay. Like one time, right. one time when I was uh, 14, I walked on, uh, walked in on my on my best friend's grandmother in the bathroom. Uh, I still think about that. Context clues. She looked like, I mean, setting aside that she was sitting on the toilet, she mm. really, like, in her physical appearance as a normal person, looked like a 1970s version of an old lady. Like, hair in a bun, uh-huh. big, long, blue dress. Uh-huh. Did <laughs> kinda, she like have a mole on the end of a long nose? I didn't notice that. I just yeah. noticed, I think she was dropping a duke. And uh, right. I, you know, just, yes, I should read the room, but also, you lock the door. You know, Oof. when there's strangers in the house. Oof. But yeah, I think context clues, they don't teach that. They don't teach that in school, do they? Context clues. There's so many things they don't teach in school. Well, and let's let's go ahead and just call out the the corollary. The the problem is that they teach, I feel like, I will say from times that I was in school, I can't speak for my kid, but from times that I was in school, things were pretty often, for a variety of reasons, presented as a very clear black and white issue. Yeah. And there was no need for context clues. Just no. say, just say no. Just this, just that. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess, if you're trying to teach a kid something, you would say, like, if you're trying to teach a kid not to touch the hot stove, then uh, you're gonna want to say, look, just don't touch the hot stove. Just say no. Read the room. But um, yeah, just say no. But I, I don't know. As far as the holiday Christmas thing, see, I, I feel like uh, this is the liberal arts problem. Oh, is on the one hand, my whole life, I've always, I think, I've mostly said Merry Christmas, and then I realized that that's kind of problematic because mm-hmm. they're. A, there are people that celebrate something other than Christmas. Importantly, very important B in this day and age is there are people who do not celebrate a holiday thing in general. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like asking people when they're going to have a baby. Oof. You ever get that? Just say no. Just say no. But, but you know, it's like it's one of those things where, like, you feel like that's a real, like, you're, if you're somebody who's really into baby having, you say, oh, you guys are so cute and you're married. Or how, when are you going to have a baby? Like, what mm. a terrible question to ask. Mm. Just say happy holidays or mm, nothing so at all. I don't know. I'm not making a lot of sense. Here's the problem. Mm. If I say Merry Christmas on the one hand, there's like three yeah. levels to this. Right. Like that's what I would naturally say because I think of it as Christmas time. I learned that's problematic. Mm. And now, so if I, I I'm usually going to say nothing, if I say anything, I normally say Happy Holidays. Right. Um, but then also, right, am I turning into like a Bill O'Reilly guy if I say Merry Christmas? Are people going to assume Uh-oh. that I have a mission? Sure. Or as I said in a tweet many years ago, happy whatever holiday you're surprisingly touchy about right now. <laughs> I don't want to bother anybody. But that is problematic. <laughs> it's oh. so, that's why I always oh. say nobody listens oh. to this show. Now, oh, what do you no. do? Do you do you feel the need to acknowledge holidays when you talk to people? 
You know, generally what I do is I uh, immediately ascertain whether the person has a pet or a child uh, or both. And uh-huh. I set about either to invalidate their choices uh, as a pet owner or a parent or both. <laughs> That's complicated. Yeah, it is. It's tough. It's People tough. with kids and especially, let's be honest, dogs are mm. probably Christmas people. Oh, okay. People with cats and uh, giraffes, cats and giraffes. Are, are probably happy holidays careful, people. Careful, careful. Well, I don't know. There's this lady I like a lot and follow on Twitter. I think it was Julia Yaffe, but I forget. But it's, it's yeah. you know, it's the reason I say it's like the, well, okay, think of all those dumb, dumb things people say to you that in retrospect seems so offensive. Like, when are you mm. going to get engaged? When are you going to get married? When are you going to have a baby? There's so much cultural assumption in all of those things that to you, that feels like if you're from like some Mormon community with 35 kids, that's a very normal question to ask. It's along the lines of how do you take your coffee? Like, when do you plan to have lots of kids outside that community? That's kind of a, I mean, it can be, it's a weird too unkind, too hurtful thing to say to someone. Like, what if that person doesn't want kids or what if they wouldn't mind kids, but like are unable to bear? Mm hmm. That's kind of, you know, it's kind of an awful thing to say to somebody. I think holidays can be a little bit like that. Oh, it's hegemony, you know, hegemony. It's holiday hegemony. Hegemony. The thing about context clues, of course, is that when someone says something to you that you get offended by, you also should be using context clues. Like, is it a little little old person? Or is it someone who's just innocently walking through life like you thinking, oh, it's Christmas time? Right. Or a thousand other things before you get offended before you believe that the world is uh, is arrayed against you and everyone is in a giant conspiracy to make you feel bad from moment to moment. Do you believe, that, do you believe that intellectually clues. or in your heart? Do you believe that in your heart? Well, I don't get offended. You don't get so offended? You, don't, you believe, don't get offended? Well, I mean, I get offended. Okay, but, if but somebody, you don't get if offended. Somebody, if somebody came up to me and said something like uh, some person on the in the world trying to be nice. Yeah. And they missed the mark. If they were like, oh, you're pregnant. And I'm like, mm, I'm fat. Yeah, I've done it. Or, I mean, you know, people all the time say, <laughs> are you out with your granddaughter? <laughs> and like, come on, they, guy, it's our first or, date. Or they. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Casper. You can learn more about Casper right now by visiting casper.com slash supertrain. Casper is the company that is focused on sleep and they are dedicated to making you exceptionally comfortable one night at a time. You know, you guys, you spend one-third of your life sleeping. Did you know that? You should be. You should be spending one-third of your life sleeping. If you spend a third of your life doing anything, you'd want to make sure it's the best it can possibly be, and that is why you need Casper. Casper mattresses are perfectly designed for humans with engineering to soothe and support your natural geometry. Your geometry, right now, how it is, naturally. Casper. It's got all the right support in all the right places. So what goes into making a Casper mattress so comfortable? Well, They combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality mattress with just the right sink and bounce. Casper mattresses are designed and developed in the U.S., and their breathable design helps to regulate your body temperature throughout the night. And with over 20,000 reviews and an average rating of 4.8 stars, Casper is very quickly becoming the Internet's favorite mattress. And you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. They deliver directly to your door, and if for any reason you don't love it, Casper has a hassle-free return policy. Uh, there's an area here in the ad read called personal experience, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you an anecdote 
We um, have historically had two Casper mattresses in our house. We had a big old uh, couple-size bed for my lady and me, and we had a twin-size bed for my daughter. Here's a crazy thing. I didn't even blink knowing that getting my daughter a new bed that required a full-size mattress, I didn't even blink. I went to Casper, I punched in the data, and I bought it. I bought it with my own American money. I did it so fast. So stupidly, actually, I didn't even use the code from Roderick on the line. I didn't even use the very special offer code SuperTrain. So A, I didn't get a discount. And B, I didn't even get any credit for this show. So how stupid is that? But here's what you need to know. It was so much not a question that I would buy a Casper mattress that I didn't even think about it. I am their target consumer. I love this thing. I love me a Casper mattress. And I think you will, too. You can get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash supertrain. And using the offer code SUPERTRAIN at checkout. Please remember that terms and conditions apply. You go to casper.com slash SUPERTRAIN, offer code SUPERTRAIN, toot toot. Our thanks to Casper for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. <laughs> You're salting my game. <laughs> uh, uh, so often now, it's true. They say, wait a minute, this is a bar. She can't be in here. And I'm like, ah. We've been dating for six months. Come no, on, don't, uh, don't, sh- don't age shame her. You know, they bend down to my little girl and say, are you out playing with granddad? Mm-hmm. But also, there are a lot of people that want to, and you know, and you experience this too, a lot of people that want to comment on my appearance or on your appearance at how bedraggled we look or old. Oh, yeah, it's a, real, or, it's a funny bit, yeah. Yeah, and I get it all. I mean, I had dinner with my cousins last night, and... uh and, the, you know, a thing went around between the three of us like, ha, 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 well, here we all are. We all made it. You know, everybody's looking good. And then one of the cousins <laughs> said, I mean, except you. <laughs> Who would have thought we'd be sitting here today drinking Chateau de Chasselet? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Luxury. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, you're sitting around your friends. You say, hey, here we are. We made it. Yeah, I was I was born in a cardboard box in a corridor. <laughs> uh huh. If I can pull up the transcript of that episode. Oh my god, it's so good. Uh, <laughs> to lick the streets clean with our tongues. <laughs> and so anyway, last, yeah, uh, yeah. When was the last time you watched Monty Python? Um, my daughter specifically requests the Four Yorkshiremen sketch, and we watch it. The, really? Holly, the Hollywood Bowl version from I want to say 1981, which I think of as the classic. It's been a long time since I sat and watched a Monty Python episode. Oh, well, you know, that that show's really conducive to sketch watching. But there's many different versions of that. There's ones where, like, there's one that, um, oh, who's the cross-dressing funny English guy? (laughs) Hmm, That doesn't help that much. Eddie Izzard is in one version of it. Yeah, Eddie Izzard, yeah. He's very funny. And then there's the the classic version that precedes, that was written by, I want to say, Graham, Graham Chapman and... Michael, anyway, but there's one version with like um, Marty Feldman, who used to be like a you know British comedy guy before he was a movie guy. Marty Feldman is Marty in Monty Feldman. Python. No, so before so before Monty Python, all the different Pythons have worked in. I see what you're saying. Various, yes. they've done like um, Footlights and different things, sure. and then they were in TV for a while. And it was not Spike Milligan, but one of the the not the Goon Show. It was. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Dudley Moore was in all those. Yes, he and Peter Cook were in. I'm not going to get into this. I can't win this fight. They're going to get into. They were in the office, the British I'm, office. Yeah, that's right. I'm so sorry I took you off your Christmas game. You're sitting around with your friends. You're chatting. You're having Chateau de Chasselet. 
Yeah, no, I forget what I was talking about. But the point is... Um, uh, it's about the presumptions that we bring to our conversations with people, the cultural right. baggage and or valence that we bring to a conversation, things we assume are normal to say. I get this all the time with the other moms at school. The kind of shit the other moms at school say to each other just leaves me gobsmacked. I, I like, I don't, I not, I, I return no. Like, I don't even want to be in on this conversation that from the get go is so often about status. It's uh. unstated. This is such a thing at our age. It's like every, people size each other up like jungle cats, like figuring out like how much money they make and I, or, or whatever. Like, what kind of car do you drive? All that kind of stuff. And there's so, I try to avoid those conversations altogether. Mm. They make me very uncomfortable. So what do you say? What do you say to people? Uh, yeah, how do you how do you do that? How do you avoid? I them? default to Happy Holidays, but based on my own ping pong idea of who the that, person that's a, might that's be, that's a status conversation people are trying to have. By no, you. not that one so much. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, but it turns into a status really quickly because you say like, oh, you got you got any plans? You got any plans over the holidays? Okay. And if you say no, you sound poor. Oh, right. You're supposed to say, oh yeah, we're going skiing for a week, or uh, we're going to go to Disney World in Orlando. Or whatever. Oh. You know? Uh-huh. I'm going to update my GoFundMe, you know? Uh-huh. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. It's, I, th- I do try to think about, you know, the check your privilege thing, I guess, is getting a little long in the tooth. But I do try to think about hegemony. Just mm-hmm. in, this, in, in the sense of just thinking about, like, how much culture I, that often is not benefits me that i like bring upon other people in this i want to speak to your manager kind of way and i'm trying to be more cognizant of that because i don't want to become like that i don't want to become one of those old guys that just assumes everybody's wrong do not speak to people's managers i was going to say something but it sounds so fruity in holidays the the thing i'm trying to assume is that nobody's intentionally being a dick Mm. right i'm trying to assume like it's in how i take things you know, you take it personal and make it personal. I'm context trying, clues. Context clues, you know, reading the room. Reading the room is very important. I was talking to uh, John Syracuse about this. I think that's a skill that they should teach in schools is learning how to read the room. How's John Syracuse? I think he's doing I fine. I haven't heard from him lately. No, he seems like he's doing fine. He's, uh, you know, having Christmas time, holiday time. Yeah, yeah he used to reach out to me sometimes. Uh, he would ping me. On things, but he hasn't been pinging me lately. I feel like, uh, I, you know, who knows? Well, who can, knows? I, can I, can I, can Read I, the get, room. well, I'll cut this out. Of course no. I won't. He, he listens to our program still. Oh, he does. Oh, that makes me feel good. Oh, that's nice. That's the nicest compliment. Somebody still listens to your show. Isn't that nice? Yeah, that is. That isn't a nice compliment. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody, John. No, 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 it's not. Do you know what I mean by read the room? You got to read the room. Context yeah. clues. I mean, is it, I mean, I'm not just trying to be a funny pants. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, figure out before you come in with a big uh, pivot to what's happening in a situation. Like, just come in, like, figure out what, like, what, what's already happened before you got there. There was a conversation or there was a mood happening, and like, how do you suss that out before you go diving in? Yeah, totally. Don't you think they should teach that in schools? There are so many things they should teach in schools. Tell me some. Oh, just, um, I mean, geography. Geography as in learning that there are countries and oceans and that there's maps and globes and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think you should learn the 50 states and capitals. I think you should learn how many uh, Canadian provinces there are. I think you should uh, be able to name all the rivers in Africa. Oh, boy. Um, Not the, you know, not every minor river. I think Lake Lake Victoria, which is not a river, I think that's in Africa. It is. 
Lake Victoria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's yeah, an attraction a- at Bush Gardens uh, that has a Lake Victoria. Oh, so you, yeah, that's what so you learned. Everything I learned about Africa, I learned. They called it the Bush Dark Gardens. Continent. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, Geography. Uh, you, and you, you think- learned a lot of that stuff at, 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 uh, at Bush Gardens? Bush Gardens, Tampa. It started out as a garden and brewery where you could go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only I think in the seventies that they started adding rides. That maybe early seventies. Oh, this is like uh, this is like um, uh, Marriott's Great America. No, it's like um, it's like the uh, the pie place, the uh, berry farm. Yes, Knott's berry the farm. knots. Yeah, they uh, they 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 had a berry farm. Yeah, and uh, they made pies, and then they put rides in there. Most of them it's a have, really great story. Mo- no, it's good. Most of them have yeah. pretty modest roots. In the case of Bush Gardens, it started out as an Anheuser Busch brewery oh no it's not i didn't realize it was related yeah well i told my daughter this and she was a gog so like i had a season pass in 1979 it was like 20 dollars a year and you could go i'm a gog yeah it was it was great they had a great great roller coasters um and but like uh it started out as a brewery and literal gardens where there would be like some statuary and some topiaries remember when people used to that was a destination like let's go visit the the the, the famous gardens? Absolutely. In, in There's Florida. There's a place in, uh, in uh, Vancouver, or no, uh, in, it's like, I think it's in, is it on Vancouver Island? Oh, there's it's a place. It's on Vancouver Island. Uh, famous garden. Well, there's the, in the Victoria Park, is that what it's called? There's that gorgeous uh, park in um, in Vancouver with the no, big no, no, body it's, water. It's, it's on Vancouver Island, so it's outside of, Vic- see, they're very confusing, the Canadians. So there's a Victoria Garden yeah. in Vancouver, but there's a Victoria Town on Vancouver oh, Island. Oh, okay. It's completely separate from one another. I, and I, out, yeah. Out, outside of the Victoria Town on Vancouver Island, there's, I, my sense is, I'm, I think I have this right. They built someone, when I say they, it's yeah. usually one crazy old Italian guy or Japanese guy. In the case of my neighborhood, there's a Kubota garden, which was built by one crazy Japanese guy over the course of his whole life, and now he gave it to the city. Oh, that's cool. I, I think the one on in uh, Vancouver Island, it seems like it was built in an old rock quarry because it's got a lot of geography. Huh. Uh, but it's beautiful. So many, so many beautiful plants, and they bring like tour buses and everything. It's like we're going to. There's no rides. There's nothing for the kids to do, except you know. There's there's plants. There's lots of there's lots of pretty plants. There's so it, many things in Florida that started that have be, that eventually became destination attractions for families. That started as precisely that, and it's right in the name. I mean, Cypress Gardens started out as gardens. They added trick water skiing, and then they eventually added some rides. And I think there was a lot of Confederate uh, propaganda. Uh, sure. There things like Homosassa Springs. Um, Homosassa Springs. Homosassa Springs. You got Wikiwachi, the mermaid place. Wikiwachi was basically God, gardens plus mermaids. You're making all this up now. Wikiwachi, and you sw- sit in front of a giant, like, theater-sized fish tank and watch ladies eat bananas underwater. Am I right? <laughs> hand to God. Hand I to would, God. I would watch that right now, except somebody would say, "Why are you here? Are you here babysitting your grandchildren?" <laughs> Sir, please step away from the mermaids. Uh, um, is she, are the mermaids, is it another like water show where they are doing tricks? Uh, what they do is, and honestly, it's like, imagine you go to an aquarium and you know, most aquaria have the big tank somewhere. It's somewhere that's got like the ecosystem in it. You got the little tanks where you get a skate or something, but then you get the big wall. Like you go to like a Monterey and it's got like the big like wall or here at the, um, 
uh, the Academy of Sciences, they have a really nice aquarium. So just imagine, like, a, uh, not even human-sized, like a massive, like, fish tank that you see into. It's a big wall uh-huh. of glass, and you sit in, in theater chairs, uh-huh. and ladies dressed as mermaids swim around and do little acrobatic tricks, and there's a tube that comes down into the water where they can occasionally take a toke of uh, of oxygen. Uh-huh. This sounds like a Go-Go's video. <laughs> <laughs> vacation have to get away uh-huh. yeah so it's the w-e-e-k-i space watchy w-a-c-h-e-e my, my point well, being I, i'm with you there so many things used to start out as just gardens and then they added stuff so you had a uh a lifetime membership to bush gardens which was named after the beer brewery yeah i had a i had a what was a military school 79 to 80 uh we were he- heavily encouraged to get one of these which is like i say 20 bucks for the year and wow. it was one well, of the things it only took three visits. It was $9 admission, $20 for a season pass, and you could go as much as you wanted. We went almost every weekend. No, but I mean, why were you encouraged to get it? Oh, just because that was one of the... Because our house the, father could pile us into a van and take right. us somewhere, uh, and it was pretty fun, and it didn't cost a ton because we'd already like you know bought the pass. Right, but, right, but right. when I told my daughter, the, the agognus came from me telling her that even at that time, 1979, 80... Um, well, B, there was tons of branded merchandise for obviously like Budweiser, Miller, um, oh. like Michelob. I had a visor. I had a Budweiser visor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had a Budweiser a beer Budweiser. can. I had a, a Budweiser. Bud <laughs> and I had a, a Budweiser uh, piggy bank. But A, you know why? Because they had a beer garden where when Ooh. you had paid your admission and came in, you could go to the beer garden. And Not when you were in military school, surely. No, but if you were of age, if you were at the time, I think, 18 or 19, you could go to the beer garden and drink uh, drink free beer. Right. It was there. a small cup, but you could have more if you wanted. Now, can you drink beer at Disneyland? You can drink... I get this confused. I know Epcot at Disney World in Florida. I want to say no. I've only been, I've been to Disneyland twice. I want to say... No, except in some areas. The restaurants sometimes have it. I don't think you can just walk around with a beer at Disneyland, but I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure you can't do that. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that you can't walk around with a beer. Right, right, right. But it feels like that would be the type of thing that Disney himself would have said. You know, like, can you imagine a drunk person at Disneyland? Yeah. They 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 would put him on a cart and down into a well. Yeah, they, like, they, they catapult him over right? to Tom Sawyer Island. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't, you can't be drunk at Disneyland. Although I think there are a lot of. Oh, you know, it used to be very fashionable among people in <laughs> in my uh, circle, extended circle. I'm not talking about immediate circle. Uh, to take LSD and go to Disneyland, Did but it. I think I think they said that the Disney people actually had people stationed at the gate, looking uh, like uh, like profiling people. Wow. Uh, to see if you looked like you were tripping. Like have like real like uh, dilated pupils and stuff. Well, or, like, or just do like a little, little dance by yourself. If, if, yeah. If there's five of you who are all, uh, who are all alternative mm. and you're giggling really hard about nothing and you're like, ha ha ha. And you're looking at your hands. Yep. 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 Uh, they might, somebody might step out from behind a, a glass wall and say, Hey, why don't you guys come over here for a second? Can I ask you a couple of questions? Uh-huh. Um, and then they pull you over and the person's like, do you feel boxed in and drawn out? And then everybody goes, Whoa. <laughs> and then they're like, no, 
you are not coming in here. You felt boxed in and drawn <laughs> Question out. Question number that. three. Do you think that at this moment you might be living in a, an entire civilization inside of a giant's fingernail? Yeah. Have Could you ever, this be number a four, have you ever thought about green? I mean, no, really thought about it. Have you ever looked at your hands? Look at them now. <laughs> really look at your hands. Uh, so, but I don't know if they still do that, but I'm sure. I mean, the kids today, they love to, they love to psychedelicize. Oh, they have, what do they call it, Molly? Yeah, but yeah. the Molly's not a good psychedelic, I don't think. Uh, that's just Is like Molly a, what we used to call ecstasy or MDMA? Yes. So, but it's the same formulation. It's not like an oxy and fentanyl type situation. As far as I can tell, and this is the thing, children are very uh, unreliable not narrators. Uh-huh. But as far as I can tell, MDMA was a mouthful. And uh-huh. ecstasy felt like something, that felt like an old person drug. Molly, I, don't, I can't think of very many instances where, it, where a drug has remained constant, but the, but the street name went from I mean there's always like a variety of street names for drugs like oh it's this or oh marijuana it's that marijuana has had a few where I feel a like few. weed has probably been the most enduring yeah you know like there are a lot of things that you could call dope um yeah that's confused that was so confusing to me cuz dope can either be marijuana or heroin right right or anything i mean you can you could i mean you're not going to call cocaine dope i guess but right. i mean these days yeah, a lot of different options. And, and the thing is, if it's a different formulation, like MDA was the first drug, and then it was like MDMA. Okay. Yep, and yep, I was yep, confused yep. about what exactly had gone on there. Mm-hmm. Did they add an extra M? Or mm-hmm. was it is it was it just a thing like it was a attention deficit disorder, and it was like, oh, no, it's attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder. Yes, yes, where, yes. Is that where the, M came, the extra M came from, or is it a different M entirely? But then I didn't I never heard of Molly until it feels like just recently but in fact it was probably a long time ago because mm. time time has collapsed. Um, well it's easy to it's easy to lose a few years as I'd like to call it you drop a decade. Sometimes yeah. something's changed you sort of wake up like Synecdoche New York style and you're like whoa this is I don't remember this being like this and it turns out it's been like that for 8 years. It's been there uh, yeah that's right Molly there's a whole generation of kids that have never heard of ecstasy and they're like what are you talking about I'm 29 and all I've ever heard of is Molly. Yeah. But that's not your psychedelic I don't think. You're talking about more like a good old-fashioned LSD type situation. I don't think there's a better psychedelic on the market today than good old-fashioned LSD. Which some people are taking microdoses of, as we discussed. Yeah, LSD microdoses, but there's just the good old LSD, which is scary. I know it is scary. It should be scary. You should be scared of LSD, you listeners. I know I don't. We don't usually break down the fourth wall and talk no, directly. No, no, no. We, we stopped that. But it's hard. We it's, stopped it's, it a long time ago. It's hard to know exactly what you're getting. It's well, on any number of levels. And if you're not well, in the right state of mind, it can be really not that fun. Well, and as you know, I mean, um, people routinely uh, lace pot with uh, uh, PCP. <laughs> but, Is and that so, really true? That's not at all. No, no one has ever laced it doesn't pot with make PCP. Sense. You know, let's do the materialist argument. Does it make sense to do that economically? It really does not. No, no. there's no, 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 uh, no reason <laughs> anyone would do that. But, um, but you know, anytime you take a drug, you cannot know exactly what's going to happen. I suppose, I suppose in general, the thing is, it like with cocaine, it it ends up being a question of how pure is the cocaine. If you have like pretty good cocaine, and then you go somewhere else 
five years later and you take pretty good cocaine there, it's going to pretty much have the same effect. Mm -hmm. Although you could be a very different person. And if you take a drug when you're in a bad mood, it's a very different drug than if you're in a good mood. Oh, hell yeah. But lysergic acid or acid Mm. or LSD, uh, which is lysergic acid uh, diethylamide or whatever, Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the D. They didn't just add that later. It wasn't lysergic acid, and then they put diethylamide in it. And oh, they it's changed not an ADHD type thing where they're just no, retconning. Where they threw another <laughs> thing in there, and they're like, that's what we always said. Yeah. Oh, I just did that. I went back. It's like that Sinbad Genie movie that wasn't real. I never saw that. I'm well, not sure that was real. Yeah. No, but I, was, I went back, uh, uh, and uh, uh, so, so I was having a DM conversation with someone uh, within, within an app. Mm-hmm. Uh, which happens sometimes now. People will uh, they'll message you within an app. Okay, I don't know if you're familiar with this. And, they, uh, and when ha- they message, I'm sorry, when they message you, that comes to you directly. It comes to well, no, it comes to you through the app. Okay, all right, okay. So it's an, it's kind of a, an indirect message. I, I mean, yeah, right. I don't know what you consider directly. No, me neither. But um, but, but no, somehow it you comes, get messaged. You get messaged within the app. Okay, it lets you know that somebody had something to say. Somebody said something to you. They could have emailed it to you. They mm-hmm. could have sent it to you. They could have tweeted it to you. But yeah. they found this other way to get to you, which is to DM you. Anyway, I was having this conversation with them. And then I went back and reviewed the conversation later. And not for any real reason, but I just went through and selectively deleted one in five remarks. And not because it was a bad conversation or because uh, it was, I just took one in five remarks away. Hmm. Kind of like as a game of a conversational Jenga. Purely, purely as an, as a, as a, uh, a gaslighting event. <laughs> okay. For you or because, for them? <laughs> well, no, for, I, I at least know what's happening, but, but if, um, because I knew, I think that I had awakened first that they were going to review that conversation and that they were going to wake up and find that it was that it was a different conversation than they remembered last night. Oh, oh, and, wow. You. Ooh. Yeah. <clears throat> You're getting and in I, there. And I did it for no good reason. Just because I could. I Because I was reading it and I was like, I wonder what would happen if I just if I could just change this slightly. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, hmm. you can. But it doesn't, change somebody, their, it doesn't change theirs, though, right? No, 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 it doesn't change what they said. See, the thing is, I don't know, you have, you, you know Dan Benjamin. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with Dan? Yeah, we've done a podcast for seven years. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I'm not familiar with your work, but, mm. uh, mm, but um, Dan is somebody, he's a young person, as you know. And he's Dan, got a young soul. He's got a young soul, and he likes to, I, I, I realized he's one of those people that sits at a, at a computer, Oh, okay, the responses come faster and more voluminous. Uh, yeah, but when he when he's texting with me, he will send me fifteen small texts rather than one long text, okay. or even one medium text, even one just concise text. <laughs> he finds a way to turn it into fifteen separate texts, okay. which are like, "Yes, send. Let's send. <laughs> what if send? Mm-hmm. You know, this type of thing." Mm-hmm. And I don't use, I don't keep uh, notifications on my phone. It doesn't buzz. It doesn't make sounds. Oh, but, interesting. Uh, because, uh, because of situations like this where, like I'm on some threads where 
15 old rock dudes will every once in a while find right. a picture of Ken Stringfellow and really want to talk about it. Yeah, and it's nice that you can go in, at least on the Apple <clears throat> platform, you can go in and uh, shut off notifications for a given conversation. Oh, I didn't know that. Click on, yeah, click at the top. You can give it a funny name if you want. And then click on uh -huh. the I, and you can see that you can... Uh, Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you for telling me that, Merlin. I'm going to do that in John, so many instances. John, have a better 2019. Oh, my goodness. I didn't realize. It's real good to know. I'm going there right now. I'm yeah. not even going to wait until tomorrow. I bet tomorrow. you're going to find three or four you'd like a little break from. Oh, there sure are. So I go up here. I go to info. Do you guys really I, need me for this? I go to hide alerts. Oh, mm. man, that's so good. Don't, wait a minute. Will that hide also the little red dot that tells me that people have have uh, added to it? I, I believe it does. I think you only see it when you're inside the app. You'll see that it's on red, but you'll see a little uh, <clears throat> crescent moon that says uh, you're at peace now. Oh, wow. How lovely. How lovely is that? Oh, oh, <laughs> I, I, I sing the body electric. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so, um, so anyway, let's just say hypothetically, you have certain friends in the world that yeah. send, uh, you, yeah, yeah. That send like 40. But the thing is, once I got the Apple watch, of course, one of the benefits of the Apple watch is that it does a little, ha what it calls a haptic. And someone asked me the other day, is that a word that Apple made up or not? Haptic, haptic and taptic. Because no one ever used to say that word. And now it's a word that we're. I think haptic is when it buzzes because you did something. And taptic is when it's saying to you, hey, 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 over here. Uh, but I'm uh, not sure. But I'm not sure. But like I'll be driving in the car <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, somebody, for instance, I don't know, like just random person. That a random, you and I, a random, just a random oh, person who you happen to know. A random person that you and I both might have been doing a podcast with for a long time. Separate podcasts. Uh, we'll send, we'll send <laughs> messages, a lot of them in order and, and my watch will freaking buzz off my, off my arm. Mm -hmm. Like I'll drive off the road. <laughs> it causes pain. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the, you know, like, because, because my, you know, my first instinct is always, oh shit, there's a fire at my daughter's school. Of course. Of and, course. Uh, that's your first thought. Yeah. So. So, but, but, but the, the ability to go into that conversation and take like every fifth just to like, oh, it's, I feel like it's really a, it's really a new level of gaslighting for me. That's so small. So, so just small, to be clear so, though, I'm, I, I know when it comes to art, as you certainly know, as an artist, we don't have to look at intentionality or purpose or like, you know, outcome, but like when you're doing that, are you, you, you are, it's a, it's a performance for yourself. It's a gaslighting for yourself. It's a setting your watch forward 15 minutes kind of situation. Like, you know what you're doing, but you oh, can still appreciate the art. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying you know, you don't want to gaslight somebody where you're genuinely like in a relationship where they where they're asking themselves, "Am I crazy? Right? Am I am I the bad person?" In you you got to deploy you got to deploy that carefully. Yeah. yeah, but gaslighting as a form of friendship. Yeah. Um, in terms of like, you know, one of the best gaslightings that you can do to somebody is to uh, notice when their light when a light bulb is burned out in their house and mm -hmm. change it. Oh, it's the opposite of the titular movie in play. Right, right, exactly. Well, that's good. You flip it around. You flip. You flip the gaslight because I guarantee it's when an a light bulb burns out, it's a, that's, that's right. good. Uh, yeah, I guarantee when a when a light bulb burns out, uh -huh. the person who lives there has noticed. They just haven't gotten around to it. Yes. So if you go switch it out, mm -hmm. um, they're they're going to think, was it not burned out? Was it just like? 
the light, the bulb was loose or something? Did why did the light come back on? Mm. I used to do that all the time. There was a light. There was a light that uh, was down in a stairwell that would burn out outside of a girl's apartment. I knew, mm-hmm. and she was responsible for it. But it would burn out, and the and the stairs would be dark. And so I would go change the light bulb when it, it burned out because it was I don't know why the fixture was bad or uh, it was some kind of thing where it was too hot inside the glass and the and the bulb it artificially shortened its life. I would change her light bulb, and then she would say, "Did you change the light bulb in my stairs?" And I would say, "No." Hmm. Now it wasn't a thing where it was scary to her. Mm-hmm. Like these days, I think if you did something like that, the person would say, "Oh shit, yeah. someone is." whatever stalking me mm-hmm. but back then stalking didn't exist at least not it wasn't uh like normal people didn't feel like they were no it was more ador- more adorable for sure it was something yeah. it, she was just like <clears throat> i just can't understand it i just loved that kind of thing i just can't understand it my daughter has been gaslighting her mother oh boy uh because uh she bought a um her mother bought a screen for the fireplace and the screen has two handles and the handles uh, are normally in the down position, but they can be in the up position. Okay. And uh, every time I go over there for the last two weeks, her mother has said, were you over here? Did you did you move the fireplace screen? And I was like, no. And she would kind of zo- you know, zoom in because I'm a renowned gaslighter. Mm-hmm. She's like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. I'm like, why would I come over in the middle of the night and move the fireplace screen? She's like, I don't know. It's just like. The handles, I swear they were down. Oh, God. And now they're up. And I'm like, mm, I know that it's, you know, I know that it's easy to get spooked, but I don't think that's the type of thing. That is the type of thing a ghost would do. Oh, that's classic. Not, that's classic ghost behavior. That would be my, that would be my first thought, you know? Yeah. That's super ghost behavior, but it's not the type of thing that a person would do. And she's like, oh, man. So she walks over and she puts the handles down. And then two days later, she's like, look, 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 the handles are up. I swear to you, I didn't touch it. And I'm like, I didn't touch it either. And she's like, and neither of us are thinking there's a seven and a half year old in that. Oh, my goodness. We're both like, there's no explanation. Eventually, we were talking about it. and, uh, And it dawned on one of us like, Marlo. Come, Isn't come that a here. funny thing? Isn't come that here. F- you, you assume that's just going to be a sweet, precious angel? You know what I mean? <laughs> Have you been monkeying with the with the fireplace screen? <laughs> and she looks up from her Archie comic book for two seconds and is like, "I don't know why. why? <laughs> What's the big deal?" <laughs> yeah, maybe. Wow. Uh, oh, all right. Well, problem uh, mystery solved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did try to think for a while with my kid mostly it's it's nice if you're going to do a lot of experimenting on your child i feel like it's a good idea to try a lot of it before they're five or so oh because you know they do a mind wipe around five or six where they forget everything they ever knew is that right mm-hmm. well it's funny you should say uh wiki watchy one of my first almost the earliest memory that i have which might be a implanted memory from my family is i remember uh slamming my finger getting slammed in a very heavy door outside the mermaid theater at wiki watchy Oh, now wait a minute. Because that's, that's, I, that's, today, that's why I can't finish unless there's a mermaid there. I, oof. Mm. I always assume. Mm, I always assume that your earliest memories are in Ohio. 
Well, we were visiting Florida at the time. Yeah, yeah, good oh, catch, good catch. I see, but yeah, I see, we were visiting I Florida. I, I don't I know. I don't visiting know. Florida, that's a thing. When people that lived in Florida, um, when they talk about Florida, I never... I never think, oh, before they lived in Florida, they visited Florida. <laughs> yeah, the before times. <laughs> because I never visited Florida until I was in my, uh, well, the first time I ever darkened the door of Florida, I was already 35. Was and it while then, touring? Yeah, the first time I ever went to Florida was with Harvey Danger, but that was a fly-in, fly-out. Oh, my goodness. Let's see. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. How many, how many, how many, how many dates do you, did you do? Do you remember? Uh, we did two shows. I'm going to say, were they already pretty popular? Yeah, of course they were already pretty popular. So yeah. Miami, yeah. right? Nope. Gainesville? Nope. Shit. Tampa Bay, St. Pete? Nope. <gasps> Jacksonville? Nope. Oh, uh, Tallahassee? No. Oh, <laughs> Lutz? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Uh, Plant City? <laughs> no. Naples? No. <laughs> Hang on, I got a few more. <laughs> um, West Palm Beach? Yes. No. Yes. What? West Palm Beach. That was a joke one. That's no. funnier than Lutz. It's good. Plant City's got the Strawberry Festival. No, West Palm Beach The and... devil, you say. West Palm Beach and, did I ever see Orlando? You did not. Orlando. West Palm Beach and Orlando. Were the two oh, places I'd been. Those are two pretty Florida places to go. Flew in, played a rock show, flew out. I remember we walked uh, out from the hotel at one point, and we were walking to the all-night Walmart because it was the only place um, that was open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was also, I had never been to a Walmart. Oh, wow. 35 wow. years old. You Your first Walmart was in Florida? Yeah. That must have been so overwhelming. It was insane. Cause you, you, you'd already been to, to a Costco, probably, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I've been to a Costco, but we left the hotel. And I, we I still, I still remember the first. I feel like the first time I went to a super Walmart was a mind blower. Well, so I think this was a super Walmart. Like it had the grocery store and the giant automotive yep. section yep. and the whole nine. Yes. So we walked out of the hotel. We were walking along a road. I don't think there was a sidewalk because it had never occurred to anyone in that region to nope. walk any place. Don't need them in Florida. I was walking along this road. There was this kind of on either side of the road, there were giant ditches, like a ditch you could put a car in. Mm -hmm. uh, it was covered with some weird seagrass material that was not grass. It was like thick, thick blade. So far, grass. you've identified 85% of Florida. <laughs> And I'm walking along with the, with a couple of the guys in Harvey Danger. We're headed to this Walmart that I that we can see, and the it, the Walmart is so large. It's like the Death Star. Was it Jeff and Aaron? Like, uh, it may have been Jeff and Aaron. Yeah, that's a that's a good group. Uh, we're looking. Oh, Jeff and Aaron couldn't stand each other. That was what made it so fun to hang out with at the, the time two. or ever. Oh, I don't think ever. But you know, uh, like early on, I think they all were in that. We're young and in a band. I like and that then, Aaron. He's all right. Yeah. Very then, very very quickly, it was like I like that we're in a band. <laughs> yeah, later, boy, like, I, didn't take long. For, didn't take long for their situation to get real different. Wow, yeah, it's complicated. Okay, so 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 uh, so you and so some Harvey's you, danger are walking. Yeah, you, you can across see the this dangerous Walmart. Yes, and and it seemed like it was. Um, it seemed like it was close in distance, but it was just that it was huge. Oh, it's like that Las Vegas effect. 
Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're almost like, there. We're, almost, we're there. almost there. But it's just like, no, it just keeps getting bigger, but it's still far away. But the whole way I was, and again, 35 years old, I was very vigilant looking out for crocodiles. Or oh, alligators. yeah, yeah, yeah. Crocodiles. Alligators. Florida's kind of like Australia Junior. Like, there's so much weird stuff that can get you there. They're they're alligators, though. That's correct. Yeah, gators, not crocodiles. They're so gator- the eye placement. I'll say that they had the squared off snout rather than the pointy one. Snared off. There it is. That's the one. Mm-hmm. So I was looking all around, and I don't. And the thing is, I was with other people from Washington, so no, there was nobody to say like whether or not there would be alligators where we were. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I still to this day don't know what the what the criteria are for an alligator to be in a ditch. But we got, <laughs> but we got to the Walmart and walked in the door. And it wasn't just that it was enormous and that it was open at two o'clock in the morning and that it seemed to stretch on forever. But at two o'clock in the this was the most amazing thing. This is the thing where Florida just Florida planted a flag in me uh, that I've never been able to to um, even lower to half mast. Mm-hmm. And it was that we walked in the door of the, the uh, of the uh, open all night super Walmart at two in the two in the uh, morning and. Um, it was full of uh, parents with kids. Yeah, they that's, were like, that's, that, that, is, that is a strange thing. Well, a lot of times people work strange hours, you know? You get mm, paid, you get your kids. Yeah, the kids don't. Yeah, or I mean, yeah, but weird, like uh, to me. A lot of like, not yes. just babies. Well, I, for somebody your age, especially not being a kid, not having a kid, yeah, it is very jarring the first time you go to a Walmart. I remember visiting my mom, and like that was, that was where you went for everything the last time I visited oh. my mom. It's like where you go. It's like where you go. There's ample parking. They have this little like scooters you can ride around on. It's got everything that anybody could want and like probably low prices and open all night. Plus they have like watermelons and tires. Low prices, mm-hmm. open all night, full of kids, yeah. alligators presumably all around it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, uh, it was like a whew, Florida eye so, And so bright, so, so bright. But so it never, like coming, grow, growing up where I grew up, uh, there's no nobody. I don't think it was uncommon for people in my region to vacation in Florida. Mm-hmm. That just wasn't where you were gonna. That wasn't going to be your first place to go, right? Because there was mm-hmm. a California nearby. There's a great. Uh, I mean, as you as you most certainly know, there's a huge um, affinity between the tri-state-ish area, like New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, uh, the, the Rust Belt, but especially that like northeastern corridor and. Um, Florida, for a simple reason that a lot of those people would go there to vacation, but it's also just where a lot of people bought houses in the 40s, 50s, and 60s to retire in. They bought houses for, you know, $15,000, $20,000 then. But, you know, and that's, there's that, but but it's also, and this is the, uh, this is the great thing that I learned uh, being on tour. You can drive from Ohio to Florida in less time than it would take you to drive from Seattle to Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, I-75. Yeah, I-75, that's right. That's, Mm -hmm. uh... You know, you get the bugs off your bumper and the bears off your tail. Uh, and, <laughs> and a lot of long-haired friends of Jesus in a chartreuse microbus. Yeah, exactly. You're, you know, it's 16 hours, uh, and you're going to bring that curse, that uh, curse down from... <laughs> <laughs> This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash supertrain. Big fan. Big fan of Squarespace. Uh, here's what I'm going to read what they told us to say, but you got to know I love the Squarespace. There are so many things that you can do with Squarespace. You can create a beautiful website to turn your cool idea into a new site that you can showcase your work. 
You can have a blog or publish other kinds of content, photos, galleries, you name it. You can sell products, you guys, products, products and services of all kinds right on your Squarespace website. You can promote your physical or online business. I like to call it an e-business. You can also announce uh, upcoming events or special projects. So much more. It does it all. Here's the thing. Whatever you got, uh, Squarespace is going to accommodate that. They make it so easy. You drag, you drop, you're done. Get on with your life. Jeez. Squarespace does this by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Powerful e-commerce functionality lets you sell anything online. You get the ability to customize the look and feel settings, products, and more with just a few measly clicks. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. They have a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions, analytics that help you grow in real time, and built-in search optimization, free and secure hosting, nothing to patch or upgrade ever, and 24 by 7 award-winning customer support, which I'm going to guess you probably don't need because that's pretty self-explanatory. That's one reason I like it. When it's self-explanatory, I use this voice. So anyway, you make it yourself. You easily create a website by yourself. Now, I've been using Squarespace since, checks notes, Christ was a corporal. I've been using this for a very long time. I first heard about this back in the MacBreak weekly days, and I still use Squarespace today for my personal sites, for my Ungainly X-Man meetup uh, page. I use it for my playlist page, which I actually really need to update. And of course, uh, John and I use it for uh, Roderick on the Line. So you're using Squarespace right now. You are welcome. So right now you go and check out squarespace.com slash supertrain for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the very special offer code supertrain to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick Online and all the great shows. <laughs> Was it Big Enus and Little Enus? Yeah, Big Enus and Little Enus. But okay. I'm looking here. I'm looking here. Uh, you want to guess? Just, just, just guess. Okay. How much... Is a flight from Cleveland to uh, to Florida? It's like Orlando. Well, let's see here. Um, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna get in this a little deeper. Is it Delta? Uh, uh, okay. Let's say. <laughs> let's say. <laughs> well, are you buying one seat or two? <laughs> uh, let's say uh, Fort Myers. How, how about from from Cleveland to Fort Myers? Round trip. Four hundred and thirty dollars. Uh, it is $61. What? Is that <laughs> yeah. Spirit Air? I don't know. Holy it's a, crap. It's, a, it's Google Google Flights. Google Flights. <laughs> which is not a thing I, I don't think that's knew about thing. until right now. It's not a thing I ever heard of until that's right like, now. You know, that's like printing out your own business cards on Avery, you know, and like a little score so you can cut them up. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, wow. Weird. Yeah. You nailed it. Spirit Airlines from Cleveland to Orlando one hundred and three dollars. I read an article. I don't know. I don't know from Spirit Airlines, but I read an article. Libby Watson had an article about Spirit Airlines yesterday that put the fear of God in me. Like you, really? think you got it bad with Delta. Uh, Ninety nine dollars from uh, Cleveland to uh, Tampa. Ninety nine dollars. You know they charge you for check bags and carry on bags. <gasps> you get charged for any. You get kind carried of on. Bag. You bring a satchel on. You get charged for it. Really? Yep. And then they hide it all in this little fee thing down in the footer. Yeah. How much do you get charged for a carry-on bag? Because if it was a $99 ticket, I think I'd pay $20 to carry on my bag. Well, it's emblematic of a larger nickel and diming type situation. Right, 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 right. I see. Well, you it's get like when I told for- my mom I wanted to have a punk rock band called Free Beer, she said something very sage. And she said, mm-hmm. now, now, are you sure that you said, so I was like, we'll put the flyers up and people see Free Beer and they'll come. And she said, well, are you sure that you would want the people who would come to see your rock band if it's called Free Beer? Uh, you know what I mean? Zing. It's like uh, Molly Ringwald's dad says, you know, if you put out signals, you know, people are going to pick up on that. Well, I mean, the thing is what your mom didn't know. Yeah. What the, what the Duke boys didn't know. 
<laughs> now wait a minute. Is the car the car is go, about to go over somebody in water? And it's midair, motion blur. <laughs> and the balladeer jumps in. Um, uh, what she the didn't know was got yes, themselves you in did. one barrel of a pickle. <laughs> You did want the people that would come to a, a concert called Free Beer. Because, of course you did. What yeah. a great concert that would be. It's all the free beer people are here. I thought about this last night. Um, my family, very thoughtfully, they got me a great um, birthday present. Um, which was your, we, your, your current family, not your... Not, your, not my practice uh, family, my, my current family. Right. Um, right. As far as I know. Uh, <laughs> they uh, got uh, tickets to the basketball game. And so we went to see the Warriors last night. And... Um, oh over there in Oakland. And it was really fun. And, um, but it's, it's funny. Like there's lots about it that wasn't quite like, it's my first professional NBA game I've been to. Serious. Yeah. Professional, professional basketball. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, first professional basketball game. (laughs) Yes. I've been, I've watched basketball three or four times a week on TV now. And I did not know that. I'm not talking about it too much because it's super weird. That's kind of, oh, wait, is this the thing that you're doing for Do By Friday? No, no, it's for this Daddy. Just, it's all for Daddy. Is, wow, Bastic Ball. Yeah, the team's real good. And the pacing is... Um, I, I turned to my lady at one point, and I thanked them profusely because it was so sweet and so expensive. Um, yeah. But I was like, it's amazing to sit here and like... My daughter wasn't even bored. Like, oh. it's so exciting to watch. And I, was, I turned, I was like, you know... This is so different than watching a baseball game. A baseball oh. game is like watching 16, 14 to 16 very still people. They, wow, shots fired. Yeah, well, it's a different kind of game. It's all about story and stuff. But um, no, but you know, what's funny about it was there's a lot about it that wasn't quite how I expected. A lot of it was exactly how I expected. There's a lot more booing than I would have liked. I said to my daughter, we're not a family that boos because we're oh, classy. Oh, that's true. That's true. Don't, Don't boo. boo. Don't boo. One no, guy did I, try I, to start a little bit of beef with Steph Curry, and the crowd mm. was not having it. Oh dear! You don't start beef with Steph Curry, not not no, the Oracle Arena. Oracle Arena. I don't Arena. know what that means, but yes. Yeah. Uh, but I love that you say that's not who we are. We don't boo as a family. I like that. That I would be is, happy to talk about that. It, yeah. Yes. And that's so, something that yes. we say over here at this house too. Like, this is not a thing that we do. We do not. There are people who will stand in in the center of a restaurant and make a any kind of scene. Mm-hmm. But we are not those people. I'd we, love to talk about that. Okay, so let me just close the bug on this. All I was going to say was, a la a- free beer, and whatever I was referring to before free beer, you got to right. be careful whose company you want to keep. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I did buy a couple very tasteful pieces of gear that I've had my eye on. I had a very specific piece of gear that I wanted to get, and I love what I got. But I'm not going to be a guy who's always wearing warrior stuff. No offense, because I don't want you to think I'm that guy. There was so oh, many. wait a minute. Wait a minute! You got a p- couple of pieces of warrior merchandise. I did, but they're very like a classy. hat. No, no, my daughter got a hat. We got our, my daughter a hat, like all the boys at school have. What did you get? Like a g-string? I got. They have a uh, jersey that's very, yeah. very tasteful jersey that's kind of like a tribute to Chinese culture. It's got like yeah. a cool little Chinese character on it. And yeah. I, I wanted a Kevin Durant, but I got a Steph Curry. That's fine. I really like Steph Curry too. But it's is a it t-shirt. like three sizes too big, so you no. kind of look like a lovable little grizzled child? <laughs> Like like an emaciated child, no. But just like here he comes. Oh but my I didn't. God. I didn't. The I mean, there's so many knees. people there that were that guy, and they're just real like lumpen proletariat. And God love mm. them. And mm. like there's just something which is weird considering how costly these goddamn seats are. Well, John, you. you have no idea. Do you have any idea how costly it is to go to a game? I have a sense of it. Yes, it's a three digit number. 
Oh, I didn't know that. We were up in nosebleeds, and it was three-digit number. Is it really? Yes. That, it's, oh, things have changed. Oh, yeah. So anyway, I but a la free beer, I think it does. And I definitely want to get back to your we don't do that thing. Um, mm. I just wanted to say, like, you know, it was really fun. I had a good time. Some of the people were super nice. Some people were more standoffish than I expected. I greeted the person who sat next to me. I said, hello. And she looked at me like I was a crazy person. Oh, she just wanted to get back to her chicken, I guess. But I oh, was like, I thought that sports fans all were delighted to be with one I don't, another. I don't know. But anyway, I think I want to be careful about the groups I choose to associate myself with. There's a, never been a better time to be more careful about the groups you want to associate yourself with. That's you all know, I want to say uh, about that. You uh, know, uh, Rajneesh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Talking about Sexy Sadie or, or, or the guy with the compound? The guy with the compound. Okay. He, uh, he used to, I think, send buses into Oregon cities yep, to get, with to get something voters, to get voters. Yes, yeah. Some, yeah. But it was, uh, didn't he attract him with something like a free beer sign? Oh, interesting. Something like that. I think it's a little bit of a grapes of wrath type situation. Right? Oh, like here come, we're, we're going to yeah. we fi- finally have a good job for you. Something like that. Boy, that was a hell of a documentary. I have always felt, I didn't see the documentary. I just <gasps> oh, remember God, this it's so good. It's really own, good. Uh, my own years of thinking like, if a bus drove up to me on the streets of Portland and offered me free beer. Depends, depends, depends. I would, you know what it would be? It would be context. Context clues, get, you got to read the read the bus. Yeah, I'd take a step on the bus. I'd, l- I'd look it over. <laughs> Is it if okay I saw, if I look inside? And if, if they I, say yeah. no, walk away. Yeah, that's right. But if I looked it over and it looked like a bunch of guys that like to party, I'd go, yeah, I, I can hang with these guys. I mean, that's how I ended up taking the green tortoise so many times. Mm-hmm. You step on, you look around, you go, huh, huh. anybody on here I'd like to, you know, I wouldn't mind sharing a mattress with? Is that a metaphor? Yeah, I could see a couple of people that I okay. wouldn't mind curling up with. Mm-hmm. Green tortoise. I'll get on the green tortoise. You know, green tortoise, you used to be able to go from Los Angeles Joe, to what's Seattle a green tortoise? Like $50. Is that a bus? It was a hippie bus, a hippie bus line, mm. oh. where they bought some old buses, and they took out about half the seats in the back, mm-hmm. and they put mattresses on the floor. Oh, no, 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 and oh, then no. Oh, no, no, no. For like no amount of money. Oh. I don't even remember. It's This is one of those things where somebody asked George Bush how much a gallon of milk is, and he was like, I don't know, $40, $400? I don't remember what <laughs> look, money look was worth. Look at a banana cost, $10? <laughs> Uh, I don't remember what money was worth in 1990 yeah. or 1986. Context it's hard to remember. Yeah. Was it 50 cents? Was it $50? Green tortoise. But uh, but anyway, you would get on. So I was in, <gasps> Sleeper coaches. Yeah, oh, but that's, that's kind of a, a polite way of saying that's a so bunch polite. of mattresses on the back. <laughs> so you'd be in L.A. and you'd be like, and the thing is, it was a little bit, I, I it was not, I feel like it was fairly underground in that you would... I don't remember. There was some kind of situation where you would be standing somewhere and the green tortoise would pull up. Like it wasn't, there wasn't a regular stop. It wasn't, it was something where you called a phone it's number. It's like the night they, bus in Harry Potter. It just shows up when a wizard yeah. needs it. Yeah, that's right. And so you'd throw your, you'd throw your three paper sacks or whatever, how, whatever you're carrying <laughs> your, your belongings bindle. in. And then you'd get on and there was no way to be like, hey, how's it going? And have the person next to you just like turn away because you were all on a long bus ride together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I I did it many times. And at least a couple of times I would wake up in the middle of the night, you know, to the sound of the, the road. And there would be like, I would be spooning a girl I had just met and there would be a girl spooning me. 
we'd all just met and we were like oh it was so buggy there were a couple of british girls that actually when we got to seattle one time i i had rented an apartment we got to seattle and they were like here we are in seattle we don't know what's going on we don't know what to do and i was like come stay with me and they were like oh that's wonderful we were having a couple birds home and yeah and and then i think one of them ended up taking a pair of overalls that i had and she was like these fit me well enough and then off they went that's cute yeah, it was cute. Yeah, and it was very green tortoise. That was at a. That was a. It was a different. I bet time. she looked like a Dexy's Midnight Runner. She so did, don't, and that was exactly what she was trying to do. She tied a. Oh, she tied a, a little look. handkerchief in her head. Oh, that's such hair. a cute look. That is such yep. a cute look. Somebody played, started playing violin music, Skinny and she danced girl in a little overalls, jig. Poor old Johnny do, Ray. Do, 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 Jeez. Uh, but yeah, so then those days, like the um, the everybody's friends days. But see, I haven't been to a. Sp- Sporting event that wasn't a basketball game. Uh, I can't even say the word basketball. I know, I know. And <laughs> I feel so bad, but I can't stop. Uh, <laughs> it's taken over our house. We always call it basketball. <laughs> yeah, it's basketball. Basketball. Um, I, I, uh, Sounds I to me like I, you're going as a guest. Uh, to a to a sports event? for basketball, like I mean, I I don't see the. Let's be honest, the Oracle Arena is not the prettiest place in the world, but the Warriors no, do good at them. basketball. Mm-hmm. But you know, so you think so, is somebody else picking up the tab for these? Well, so in uh, back in the '90s when the Seattle SuperSonics were super, and everybody loved them because they had Sean Kemp and they had you know they we were famous mm-hmm. for basketball, although we weren't we never won anything I don't think so, ever since 1979. But I don't remember how many different things there are to win. You know how in sports games uh, you win something and they hang a big banner up, but yes. you didn't win everything. You just want to you just want to intermediary thing. Like, oh, we're going to the Final Four. Like, we get a... And they hang a banner up. Oh, it's like, like the we Democrats. went to the Final Four. It's like the Democrats, where you don't win, but you overperform. You get a white ribbon. You get a ribbon of some yeah. kind, right. But And so the Supersonics did that a lot. And it was during the era when the grunge bands, um, it where I guess it was... I don't remember whether it was funny or ironic or what it was, but um, the hair metal bands that the grunge bands supplanted, I don't know if the hair metal bands were openly like sports uh, people mm-hmm. but like Pearl Jam and the Presidents of the USA and I think so I don't know some of the other grungers were like Sonics they were really into the sports teams that's a cool and name too it's also, it's also the name of a cool Northwestern band that's right well also the name of, and you know why the Sonics were named the Sonics I think the because bands. of Boeing Right, because we were we were you were literally we were Sonic. Now yeah. your team's going to be the Suns. <laughs> That's even oh. better than Utah Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> the Washington Seattle irony. Suns. The Washington ironies. <laughs> I know. I can't wait to see the logo. No, you <laughs> it's won't. just like, That's the like you a, won't. It just be a spider web. <laughs> just a gray ball on it's the a spider on a gray... rabbit dusk. Yeah. <laughs> The Seattle Suns. Is that real? I heard that. Is that just a joke, or is it true you guys might be bringing the Suns there? The thing about uh, Seattle sports is, you know, there are like 15 uh, uh, radio stations that just have people arguing about sports in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. it's like if you want to listen to AM radio in the South, it's always Jesus, and here it's just all sports, 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 sports and politics. Because, because you know, Jason Finn likes to yell about sports, mm-hmm. and I have said many times, like, Jason, you've really got a great... Well, a face for radio, but also a voice for radio. And oh, he'd be so good. 
Right. And he loves to yell about sports and he knows all about sports. And I said, why don't you go down, uh, you know, uh, for the last five minutes that you're still a famous person, why don't you go down to the radio station and say, I'm Jason Penn and I want a radio show about sports. (laughs) And um, and he says, he sounds like he's riding the green tortoise. (laughs) This is what he says. <clears throat> he says there are 50,000 people in Seattle who know more about sports and are more excited to yell about them than me. Wow. And I'm like, that can't be true. You're the one of all the people I know who likes to yell about sports the most. And he's like, yeah, that's uh, that is because you don't know any people mm-hmm. that uh, that are part of this world. But I know that mm-hmm. I would I would be so outmatched. It's Dunning Kruger. He knows enough to know what he doesn't know. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I, you know, honestly, if the phone rang and somebody said, hey, uh, John, would you be the host of a program where we yell about sports? I'd say, sure. Of course. Of course I will. This um, is part of the, the top of your CV. You walk yeah. into every room like you belong there and you that's are right. prepared to address any topic that is brought to you. That's absolutely right. I think that's right. part of your value proposition. I'm being dead fucking honest. I would, I would, I would host a sports radio program in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, mm. I, and I don't know whether it would be a quality sports radio program. I think that some people would think it was. I think would it would have it your own little imprimatur. It would have your yeah. little twist to it. It wouldn't be, it might end up being about countries in Europe you haven't heard of, but it is ultimately kind of about sports. You know, I've been thinking about this. <clears throat> I think that what I need is, I know, what <laughs> is. Merry Christmas. What I need <laughs> is a place where. I can be yelled at, and it's fine with me. Now, now bear, okay. bear with me, Yeah, you know what right? I'm saying, I'm listening. Because there are a lot of places on the internet mm-hmm. where, uh, where people occasionally yell at me, and I'm not fine with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're yelling about me about things that I think I know more about than they do. And so when somebody yells at me about a thing, and I feel like I know more about it than they do, then I then it affects me. I cannot just walk away. I end up having to tweet, fuck you, loser, at mm-hmm. them. Which I've decided is kind of my new, that's my new response, bef- right before I mute somebody. Ew, my, sure? My, my last <laughs> really? tweet to them is, fuck you, loser. <laughs> or no, it's ha, exclamation point, fuck you, loser. Fuck oh, you, comma, loser. Oh my goodness. And then mute, so they can't reply. Mute. It's kind of, it's a little bit <clears throat> gaslighty. It's something. <laughs> It's something. It's not the right thing, mm. but it's what I'm doing. Okay. All right. Um, you're, you're trying on ideas like a like a sports coat. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not going to be my it's not going to be my permanent thing, no. but just just to, you know, in the last few days. Sure. Fuck you, losers. Send mute. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you should have John I, Syracuse write you a little script <laughs> that could do that for you. <laughs> but what I uh, what I think is interesting is that if I had a sports program. People, the whole point would be people screaming at me, and I wouldn't care. And that would feel really, I think, freeing mm-hmm. because they'd be they'd be yelling at me about a thing that they knew way more about than I do, and they'd be so mad that I was hosting a sports show because they'd be rightfully mad. Why is this guy hosting well, a sports show? They'd be double mad. They'd also be mad because, like, just because you're not qualified. They'd be mad at what you're getting wrong and mad that it's not them that's there. That's right. Mm-hmm. And they'd be so mad, and I think it would be really healthy for me, because um, it's a safe space. You know, well, because I know I know a lot of people who are either generally happy people or are people that don't that when people when strangers yell at them, they somehow in their own mind they're able to identify those people as strangers who don't matter to them, 
And so mm-hmm. them yelling at them yelling has no consequence. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just, it's just they're, like, they're just people. Everybody's got an opinion. Yeah, that's just somebody else who's yelling at me. What do I care? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're using <clears throat> uh, they're using angry language, and I'm I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. But you know me, I take it all. I take it all in. I take it all very personally. You I still sit, do that. You still do that. Sit and I grind on it. I grind, grind, grind. Steam. You steam. <clears throat> and um, and you know, and then I like. Well, I think the only solution is oh, I just have to not be on the internet. I can't be on the internet. It's too bad. It's too much. I don't. You know. And then little by little, I creep back on, and then pretty soon I'm like, I'm tweeting, fuck you, loser, or I'm, ha, fuck you, loser, send, mute. Mm. Uh, and then it's like, oh, this is bad. I just should not be on the internet. Yeah. But what I need, I think, is to go over to sports internet mm-hmm. and be over there and say like, ha, 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 how many touchdowns in basketball or whatever mm-hmm. it is that, that non-sports people think is funny. Yeah. And then the sports people are like, that's not even fucking funny. It wasn't funny 25 years ago when we first heard it. Mm-hmm. And then, but then they love to yell. They love to yell at somebody. Mm-hmm. And I would be over there just like taking all this, this uh, heat. Um, and it would be good. It would be good for me. It it's was a, like, existential uh, shit posting. Yeah, but I don't want to go over there just to antagonize them. Don't that's you? why I think the sports show. No, you, that's you, why anywhere I think the sports where, show. Anywhere that you do not have a um, a long and deep relationship with the topic area. If it's something right. where you don't know a lot about it and you know you don't know a lot about it, you'd right. be okay getting yelled at. Well, because Cra- it would, crafts like home crafts, like could be like uh, uh, I don't think craft knitting. people yell as much uh, as sports. Craft people. people can be very passionate. Um, I have gone on Etsy a few times. I've looked and I've seen, and I'm like, oh yeah, you could make a living making wallets over here. And then yeah, I, sure. d- then I forget Etsy exists for a while. Crucifix and then I go back. Made of pubes. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. Well, and I think I, I bought a couple of wolf masks at one point okay. from Etsy and it was a positive experience. Okay. Okay. In fact, I think there was someone from Etsy, someone from Etsy corporate who listened to this show, who sent me an email one time oh, and yeah. said, I'm uh, vice president of, of yarn balls over here at Etsy. I if you we, ever want. Yeah. We did. We interact with a techie Etsy. Yeah. Etsy techie. If you want to do something over on Etsy, you just let me know. And That's I was nice. like, I'm not making any wolf masks. And, and I think she said they don't have to be wolf masks. Hmm. And I said, what? <clears throat> and then I, I don't know. I probably didn't reply to the, <laughs> the last email, although I, I had a wonderful exchange with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, what I'm, <clears throat> if I, I feel like if I was on sports mm-hmm. and people were yelling at me, they would feel better because they know more about it than me and that's a big part of being a sports fan is knowing more about it than other people yeah right it's almost it's probably even more so than politics your whole interaction with other people is to say uh you don't know what you're talking about well it's like kind of like a comic comic guy camera store guy record store guy similar kinds of things comic book guys are like that um they can be a little bit hostile toward uh other readers but but uh, but why hmm it's canon. Uh, I don't. I don't know why. I don't know why. But it's why. It's why. For example, like, did you ever go to a camera store back in the day? Yeah. I mean, it was always a pretty hostile experience for me. Oh, sure. They would talk so far down to you that you feel like a little worm. Yeah, or like indie rock record store guy. You know, I mean, like not everybody, not Nabil, but you know, people who work for Nabil probably. But I, um, yeah, the early days of indie rock. <clears throat> almost all of the indie rock photographers that I knew were were ladies. And you got that uh, Autumn DeWild. Would you count her? Autumn, absolutely. She's very uh, good. She's very, very good. 
uh, Laura Musselman and uh, Elizabeth uh, Weinberg. Uh, these were all indie rock um, photographers that were friends. And they would recount these stories of going into the camera store. Oh, man. <clears throat> and it was like, children, pull up a chair or like sit around the campfire while I tell you the story of how I was treated at the camera store. And it's like, go, go, go. Tell me more. Tell me more. And, you know, they would walk in and they're just young, first of all, and, and girls, girls, second yeah. of all. And they want to buy a thing. Like a whatever it was. Right. And the, the, <laughs> the dripping, like condescension that would come from from the men behind the counter oh it you could feel volumes and that's oh, my, that's one of my favorite uh not a meme but one of my favorite twitter things to happen is when some guy dresses down a woman about how she knows so little about something she's like yeah i've worked at jpl for 25 years so yeah isn't that that's one of the I best i love those i love those and what is what, is, what do the people always say i just witnessed a murder <laughs> 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 it's so good <laughs> I uh, but uh, but I don't understand how that could translate to comic books. Aren't they all? Um, isn't it all just sort of right there on the page, or is it like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh, you don't know what Wilberforce's inner motivations are? Yes, yeah, that's it. It's part of it. It's part of it. It's you know, it's um, I don't you know. You don't know Wilberforce as well as I know Wilberforce. I'm not gonna get into it. I'm not gonna not gonna be drawn in. I'm not gonna be drawn in. So you're you're looking for places though where you could go, and it would be an environment where you would not take it. Uh, as we say from Mr. Show, you wouldn't take it personal and make it personal. It would be something where you go, you know, you're right. I don't know fuck all about this. No, I would never say I'm right because that would that would make no, it no, not saying, fun you're, for you're them. To them. You're right. You're right. I don't, I don't know much about the Splash Brothers. I shouldn't have said anything. No, I would never say that. You I would say, say that. what? I would say what? <clears throat> oh, you I see. About oh, okay. basketball. This but is training I, for you. You're saying yeah, this would be. I wouldn't, I wouldn't care. I'd be gaslighting them. I see. I see. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I, do. I would be. I do. I would be fighting them because that's what they were looking for, but I wouldn't uh, have any skin in the game. Yep. Like whether I won or lost wouldn't matter to me. Whereas if somebody wants to, if somebody wants to yell at me about something that I think I know about the Habsburgs, the Habsburgs. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the, what I've discovered doing that war movie podcast is I don't know half as much about the Habsburgs as as the craziest fanboy Habsburg fanboy. Why do people tune into a comedy podcast about movies and? It's just, it's so, it's, it's so odd to me to make anything. I feel like, I don't know. I got a lot of theories about things, including I have a lot of theories about podcasts that, uh, yeah, it's it's just my own feelings about it. But like, you know, I feel like, um, whenever you uh, go into, if you're starting from scratch with something, any kind of project, like it helps to have a variety of facets to it. Like there should be something somewhat topical. And I don't mean about the news, but I mean, it should be and I've covered this ground for over a dozen years now in talks and stuff, but I feel like there should be a topic and a voice. There should be like, who is it that's saying this about this kind of thing? Uh-huh. Ideally, the topic should be something relatively specific, like saying, I do a podcast about movies that's funny. And it's like, wow, okay, great. We could really use one of those. Like yeah. you go in, you say like, like I always used to say, I'm not going to do a podcast about Star Wars. I'm going to do a podcast about Ewoks or whatever, or right. And But it's going to have this kind of voice to it. But then you have to also decide, I think an important axis a lot of people get wrong is uh, sort of starting out, evolving, and arriving at the level of engagement with your audience, or what I call the outside world in my theory of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much of the outside world is allowed into what you're doing? And for a lot of people, that's the hugest part of what they do. And like on YouTube, there's all the thanking of my Patreon people and da 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 and on and on until it's just right, right, right. not my kind of show. I no. like the kind of show, I like the kind of show where, where the 
hosts are very circumspect about how much of the outside world is allowed in. Only they get to decide what's brought into the world. Right. Um, so, you know, where am I going with all of this? I think you could make, you could, you can take all of that advice and all of those angles and you could come up with something very, very interesting. And it you could think be, so? yeah, I do. I do. And I think it's good practice for you. It's like a virtual, virtual uh, reality Twitter. You could go somewhere and you won't feel the pain in the same way that you would on Twitter. You could do it on Twitter, but it's like you're doing it on fake Twitter. You're doing it on like, uh, on sports Twitter. So sports Twitter. Be, sports Twitter, you being somewhat inoculated. But then, of course, what's going to happen? They're going to go and they're going to look at your profile and go, oh, right. what's that? Right, right, right. Right, right, they're going to do that right. voice, too, which is kind of the worst part. I don't want to get yelled at any any in sports Twitter or in real Twitter. How can you work toward it not bothering you? Yeah, that's do you the want question. To, do you want it not to bother you? Do I want it not to bother Because I think that that's first principles, Clarice. Do you want it not to bother you? Or is it bothering you part of who you are? Do, 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 do. No, mm-hmm. bothering mm-hmm. in me is not who I am or uh, it's not the bothering it is do I how invested am I in being uh, correct and or the being, answer being is seen as being correct well no I don't care how I'm seen I believe I'm hmm. correct okay. like I because I'm trying to I'm trying to help but if you're correct right? if you're correct then why do you respond because you need to be seen as being correct no 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 because I want them to get better oh you're sharpening like a knife yeah, like I'm. I don't. I'm not trying to. I'm. I, I don't care. Like I'm not. Try, I'm not right because I want to be puffed up and wearing a wearing a hat that says he's right. I want to make the world a better place. Okay. Okay. So the ways in which I feel like I'm right, I want the other person to stop being wrong, and then there then the problems of the world would diminish mm-hmm. by there being one less person that's wrong. Okay. That is very troubling, right? I mean, that is a thing that means that I will never be. That's a lot to expect of yourself. Well, yeah. Do you know, but that, how do, do you know, do you know that's a lot to expect of yourself? Well, yeah, but it is. But how do I stop? How do I stop and go back to like, well, the world is all fucked up and I can't do anything about it. So boop, I, have an, I have an indirect answer. And this yeah. is something that I gleaned from reading what other people have said about this topic. But there was a time in my life where I was getting a lot of people communicating with me about a lot of different things. And it was increasingly less anything that directly did anything good for me. Compliments are nice, but a lot of times they were compliments couched in like, can you do this thing for free or whatever? Oh, I see. Or right. it could just be people who are being nasty. But there's a, a lot of email that if I answered those emails the way that it asked to be answered, I would never do another thing my entire life. And so I looked at like people who are busier and more successful than me, but a lot of people who are like, you know, writers, novelists, and they would be, yep. they basically reached a place in life where they said, look, I think Neil Gaiman in particular, Neil Gaiman in particular probably said this, but somebody said, look, I can either answer emails or I can make novels. Now, you know, and I, I thought that was such an interesting way to look at it in the sense of, and I, I had a twist on this, but I think you have to start by going like, I'm going to be selective about where I put my attention and effort for these kinds of things because I can't afford to have 10,000 different conversations in 10,000 different closets for the rest of my life. That doesn't help anybody outside that closet. And I get real pulled in with this other person who has a lot more time and interest than me. You know, it's like fighting a frat boy or a pig. And I think Mm -hmm. the same is true, can be true in public, which is like, I can't fight every battle with everybody, but if I, I can do this in a way that's useful to people. Like if a bunch of people ask a question, on Twitter, I'm more than happy. I'll do the occasional quote tweet, which I think is usually a little bit of a dick move. But I'll do the quote tweet thing with my answer in it because several people have asked that. And they can see that was where the question came from. What's the quote tweet thing? Well, I mean, okay. So on Twitter, when you respond to somebody, there's two basic ways 
basic built-in ways you can respond. One is to hit the at button. Somebody says, oh, hey, I heard you talking about Spider-Man. Where can I find more stuff about Miles Morales? And I can hit the at button and say, hey, good question. You can go look at this. Da, 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 da. Now, if another mm-hmm. person has that question, they're very unlikely to have seen my response because they probably don't follow that person. They right. might not know what the context for that was. So a lot of people I know, it's not a huge dick move. It's a little bit of a dick move. But like you do the quote tweet. So you quote what the person said to you and write your response above it. And you're basically, you're kind of addressing that person. But I feel like that's a little bit of a stage whisper to everybody who follows you when you do that. Right. I get rather it. than actually responding to the person. The benefit is, though, many more people are likely to see it. Not everybody. Uh-huh. Not everybody's going to bother to check whether you've answered the question before. Sure, sure, but, sure. you know, Hakuna Matata, let go and let God. I can't solve all these problems. If there's right. a thing I'm excited about and somebody asks me about it, I for damn sure want to tell people more information, especially if yeah. lots of people want that. And if I do that, to go back to the previous example, if I do that one email at a time, I'll lose my fucking mind. Oh, sure. Right? You can't do that. So what do you do? You're going to write some FAQs and point people there? Yeah. Do come back in six months and let me know how well that worked. Well, but here's the thing, Merlin. You are somebody that people turn to for information, right? Nobody mm-hmm. ever, anybody that asks me a question, there's never someone else that has the same question. Hmm. Every single question to me is, you know, usually starts off like, I've been seeing my girlfriend for eight years and, or, you know what I mean? Like they're, hmm. they're always, it's always hmm. something where they want to talk about or, or they want to reference some kind of political moment, or they're replying to a tweet uh, that I put out there as a as a humor tweet, mm-hmm. but they're replying angrily because I'm an idiot. And you are somebody who could say, like, I've answered this question 40 times. Here's the same answer. I'm just going to pin this to the top of my thing. Mm. Right? But I don't have any kind of... Mm. I, nobody comes to me as a... Uh, I'm not like a font of, of information. It's something You're a font of opinion? Else. Yeah, or Interpretation? Something. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. yeah really sure all, all I'm trying to say is like, me. okay, so let me just state the obvious here, which is if or when you get involved in an argument on Twitter, what that mainly does is take your increasingly brighter beam and point it back at that person, mm. which, you know, makes a way of like calling people out and make them look like a dick. I try to do that with mm. relatively not too often, but right, it also but really just dicks. amplifies the fact that you're arguing with somebody that you don't know. Yeah, when yeah. you point that beam back at them, this 15 follower account, no offense, who's trying, trying to start some beef with you, you take no your offense. very powerful light and you point it at them. And now people just notice like you're a guy who argues. Yeah, you, I don't want to be a guy one. that argues. But one, right? one is one who argues. And that's why I say, I think you have to deploy it. I, For me, I would choose to deploy that with some care. Where somebody's just like throwing tomatoes, it's like, that's your, you're entitled to just like, you know, yell at me or whatever. But mm-hmm. like the, the worst thing for me would be to engage in that. Personally, personally. Yeah, well, no, it's the worst thing for me too. Well, but like, <clears> it sounds like you have your reasons, right? It's just well, that not really, me, not good reasons. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's just it makes me, it gets me all wound up. I'm like, man, I gotta go cook a spatchcock chicken. I'm gonna get in an argument with this guy and like have to keep checking in to see if I got dunked on. It's like, oh, oh no, oh. no, I want to go make my spatchcock. Where did, did that the phrase "dunked on" come from? Uh, dunking on somebody. Uh, I think yeah. uh, the I work at JPL. I've worked at JPL for 20 years. Is a kind of dunk. Oh, for sure. I mean, I understand what a dunk oh, okay, is. Okay. I just don't know. I, like, there was, I never heard that phrase before. And then, in that context. Uh, well, I mean, I've heard it in the basketball context. Basketball, yeah. Basketball. The guys, uh, the guys on Friendly Fire, the podcast, uh, well, war movies that we were talking about, uh, they use the, dunked on mm-hmm. uh, all the time, and I'd never heard it before. And I was like, oh, you know, I, uh, that's a good way of describing being dunked on. Uh, but it was like one of those... 
it was a turn of phrase that appeared out of nowhere, kind of like "red on" or or uh, "totally" or whatever, a thing that happened or whatever, <laughs> even or whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, it was a thing that came out of nowhere, and now, now having heard it from you. Like I identified it as a thing that was coming from uh, these youths, mm-hmm. but uh, but then you know, hearing you say it, I'm like, oh, now I guess we just say dunked on. Yeah, yeah, I think it's up there with uh, trolling. You troll, mm. you troll people, and then and you dunk on them. Uh, you troll them and then you dunk on them. I'm not, I'm not trying to help, John. I'm just so trying to like say, a, like, it's like a fishing metaphor with a basketball <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> yeah, you, it's like the fish that saved Pittsburgh, starring yeah, uh, like, Gabe Kaplan. <laughs> Uh huh. Right. It's a lot like that if you think about it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I don't know. I don't mm. know. Mm. Um, oh, fishy, fishy, fishy. fishy. <laughs> where did he go? <laughs> Went wherever I did go. <laughs> ah, Merry Christmas. Happy Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> 